Hey everybody, this is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go, Denver's best subscription that allows you to go to as many events as you can, including Avalanche games for only $39 per month. There's no additional costs or fees. You heard that right. You can get tickets to Avalanche home games with your In We Go subscription for only $39 a month. And it's not just Avs games. It's Rockies, Rapids, Nuggets, Buffs, Concerts, Beer Tastings, food fests, comedy shows, concerts, and anything else that you can imagine. If it's going on in Denver, there's a good chance that InWeGo can get you in. Here's where it gets good. We partnered with InWeGo to give BSN listeners a great deal. Go to InWeGo.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50 when you subscribe to get 50% off your first month. That's right, all events in Denver for under 20 bucks during your first month. Try it and fall in love with it just like we all did at BSN Denver. Go to InWeGo.com slash BSN or download the app for free and use promo code BSN50. Now, enjoy the show. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast, powered by the BSN Denver Podcast Network. For the Colorado Avalanche, that's Matt Duchesne. Right now, news is breaking that he has been involved in a trade that has been completed, and it looks like they have pulled him off the ice here after just playing a couple of minutes to start this hockey game. The best Avalanche coverage in Denver. Fans have the puck again in the New York zone. Shot, score! Yes, who? Yes, who? Taking you beyond the ice and inside the locker room. Gerard didn't have a stick. The handoff in the slot broken up with a skate by Gerard. He broke up that play. Then he stopped it there. Oh, wow. What a play by Gerard. <laughs> and now, here are your hosts, A.J. Hafley and Adrian Dater. Ooh, I'm a rebel just for kicks Welcome into the BSN Avalanche podcast, presented as always by In We Go. I am your host, Jesse Montano. I'm sitting alongside AJ Hayfley, as always. And we are down at another one of our little pub company pubs, <laughs> spots. <clears throat> we are at the Doghouse Tavern, not to be confused with Doghouse in Centennial. This is a doghouse tavern, and you know I've been here. Yeah, not in Centennial. You know I've been here for a while. I've just been grubbing on some more delicious. These aren't fingers; they're doghouse tavern chicken pieces. Equally as delicious as as all the food is at all the LPC bars. But again, just another another great another great find, another great bar. We're always getting asked. Oh, if I come to Denver, where should I go? Oh, if I'm if I'm ever in Denver, what should I do? Come to one of these little pub company bars. They're all delicious, awesome atmosphere. <clears throat> this one, it, it's it's pitched as a uh, a dog themed bar online. Unpretentious. Unpretentious dog themed bar online, and you walk in and it's it's wall to wall pictures of dogs, it, and like people like just like people's dogs not even like famous dogs or they post this portrait it's oh here's a picture of my dog and they're everywhere it's awesome if you're if you're a dog person which if you aren't we're probably not friends but if you're a dog person this is definitely your spot 
pool table, video games, all that great stuff. Again, little pub company. Always great. AJ, another off day here. It seems like that's mo most of the shows that we do now are, uh, are off day sh shows with the way that this schedule has been as I get the hiccups out of nowhere. Lots of time off. Good news for that is it's lots of time for guys to get healthy. Sven Andragetto and JT Confer were both participants in practice today, yeah. albeit in red no-contact jerseys. Well, Confer was not at practice. I mean, he was He before. was before practice. Yeah. And then as practice got going, he continued skating on his own on the other rink mm. until he got off about halfway through. Practice report from today, notables, other than that. It happened. I mean, it was... It was a practice, man. I mean, it's you know how these things go. These practices all kind of blend into one after enough you go to enough of them, and <laughs> they work on, you know, they work on this, that, and the other. And today it was mostly just a staying in shape kind of practice. Mostly it was just a lot of skating, a lot of up and down, some conditioning stuff. It was not specific special teams work. Uh, they weren't really doing any. Today, today was a very like low key, laid back, you know. And with the uh, Mile High Dreams Gala last night, right. you know, a big event that players always have a, a good time at. You know, I'm. It's not surprising that they took it easy this morning, and it was primarily just let's sweat out last night. Yeah. So that uh, was that was really it was. I mean, it's always the morning after uh, the Mile High Dreams Gala is always an easy practice if they even do practice. This year, with the way the schedule set up, they had to, uh, but it was just skating. I had someone, not a player, someone tell me that they were hung over at practice. I was like, hell yeah, get yours on a, on a Monday. But it was the right. Mile High Dreams gal. Yeah. Shout out that person. You know who you are. Tyson Jost. Obviously, now back in, in, you know, back in the full yeah. swing of things, Bednar said that he kind of took it easy with him on, on those road games, just kind of easing him back in. He's back in full swing. Varley rewarded with, with a good game in Edmonton. Rewarded gets a start tomorrow night against Boston per head coach. I mean, that Vancouver game is really coming back to haunt Grubauer because he, coming off Varley's bad game in Calgary, Grubauer had an opportunity to really – had Grubauer given up two goals that night, we would be, we would we may be seeing Grubauer slowly start to take over. That didn't happen. Barley's had to work his way through some not good games in the process, but because Gruby hadn't been very good on a, on a in his own right, you know, <laughs> you're just you're not you're not seeing him as much. So still going with Varley. Can you really say that Grubauer hasn't been good though, or did he have a bad night? I mean, he had a bad night, but he also hasn't had... I mean, I think he's had one really good game. He's had one really, truly bad game. And a, a lot of okay. a, a lot of meh in between. So, um, he certainly has not quite lived up to the billing yet. And he hasn't... You know, and it's, it's very early. He's, he's had, what, like five starts? Right. So... <laughs> he's very much been the backup to start the season. Yeah. Well, and, and Varley started out white hot. So it was not a surprise to see that they they rolled the way that they did, and um, you know it's been it's it's good for it's good for Varley, and I think he's earned it. And you know, Gruby just needs to step his play up. Really, I mean, 
it's I mean the, the way that this tandem is going to work is who's ever whoever is playing well is going to play. And if they're both playing well, then you know he won't have an Bedner won't have an issue going. Um, you know, with each goalie. In, right. On any given night, it won't be a problem. But right, right now, he's had one goalie going really well, and the other goalie just kind of okay. And then they had bad nights on the at the same time, and so it was like, well, you just kind of default to to your top guy at that point. Which which, uh, Beds even told us preseason, hey, Barley gets the benefit of the doubt at, sure. at least at the start of the season. And I think that's kind of you know that that's I think what you saw. And then to your point, Barley did bounce back. Grubauer. We'll have his chance to, you know, I'm sure going to be the next week even, he'll get his shot to uh, to bounce back. But There's but a back-to-back coming up next week, so. So there you go. Oh, I lost my train of thought. I had a great one lined up for, for my next line of, of questioning here. Well, oh, I, did talk oh. to, um, I did talk to Jost after practice. Told him to stop getting hurt. <laughs> good, good advice. Yeah, just, you know. Whenever I was. Good um, life advice. When I was younger. Whenever I'd get, like, you know, stub my toe or do something like that, tell my dad, oh, dad, I hurt myself. You know, I, I stub my toe on the bed. He'd go, well, why did you do that? It hurts. My dad would always just say, don't do that, then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I was like, oh, oh well. <laughs> dad jokes. Good good advice, I guess. <laughs> it's funny because, like, the dad joke thing is such, like, a funny, like, internet thing, but it's so true. Yeah. I mean, dads are big, like, weird, goofy, middle-aged, like... Stuck in between not quite old, but not 25 anymore. <laughs> like, part of the brain matured, and the other one just never did. And so it's, you know, dads Can't are... Can't help it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look at look at, a, look at Av's Twitter favorite, Jibble Scribbits. <laughs> I mean, awesome dude, but, you know, since he became a dad... Even, even more all about the puns. The whole pun threads. I mean, that stuff just kills you. So anyway, I uh, told Jost, you know, stop getting hurt, and we I almost we, choked on that because you. <laughs> we we. Uh, I, was and, uh, I was trying to take a bite off Mike, and AJ <laughs> made yeah. it funny. So uh, talk to talk to Jost a little, little bit about getting this feeling, uh, you know, feel for the game back and. Getting the confidence going, he feels like he's really. Um, he said he was feeling really good, and imagine that, you know. Right. No guy's ever gonna be like, oh, feel like shit, you know. Yeah. But he. Um, Although I think if there's one person that would tell you, I don't like. It might how, be. It might be him. Yeah. Well, he and I have a good relationship, so he might. Yeah. I um, I made reference to uh, an encounter he had last year with uh, a friend of mine. And uh, was like, oh, he didn't go to the game this year in Edmonton. <laughs> so, you know, and he was back home and Jost was. So we got to see his family yeah. and helped him kind of recharge the batteries a little bit. And he was really excited about that part of the trip. And But he, um, no, I mean, he's he, he's healthy and he's, he's skating around. And we talked about his would-be goal from the other night against Edmonton mm. where uh, he thought he got it. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he and I, were, we were talking about it because I was like, dude, I watched that replay over and over and over and over because I thought you had it too. It's still it's still Kerfoot's goal, um, but uh, what he what he and I agreed on was that he got the glove oh. and that pushed the puck in, but he oh, didn't oh, get oh. the puck itself. He didn't touch it, yeah. And so he doesn't get credit for it and because he was like, 
that's my goal. <laughs> He's like, that was mine. And Kerfoot was sitting a few feet away, and he was like, no, it's and it's it's on mine. It's <laughs> my name's on it. Isn't that funny that it doesn't matter what level of hockey you play at? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone wants wants goal credit. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, when they win, it, it's all good. It's all funny games. Right. You know, it's like, oh, we can argue about this, and this is a good time. So, so you're not going to argue about goal credit in a game you lose. Lose, right? Yeah. You mentioned Kerfoot there. That was what I wanted to bring up. Jared Bednar kind of kind of affirmed stuff that, that we've been saying now for the last couple of weeks about how we feel certain guys are playing and, and how certain guys are filling roles. When the season started, he he said Alex Kerfoot is, is playing on the second line. He dropped Colin uh, Wilson there as well. And really kind of the feel was, oh, well, you'll have Joseph in the middle and you can, kind of, you can find him wingers. Well, the two guys that have developed great chemistry on that second line and are playing, I don't want to say extremely well, who are playing really well right now, Colin Wilson, Alex Kerva, they seem yeah. to really be fitting, fitting nicely together. And, and Bednar <clears throat> kind of said today, that's our second line. Yeah. We need a third. Well, and I keep talking about how Kerfoot's not a center. And then Kerfoot's going out, and he's just like, am I not? <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, those those two, I, I think those two are playing – at at a at a level that's that's totally suitable for your yeah. second line right now, you got to find someone. It should be Jost to be kind of the third part of that 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 group there. But otherwise, it's the second line isn't quite the tire fire a lot of people thought it might be. Well, it can be it's, better. <laughs> it's going to be inconsistent because again, I say this all the time. But if secondary scoring scored all the time, it would be primary scoring. <laughs> you know. And so it's it's really just they have to continue to play well and create the chances that they are. Because you do enough of that and they will go in. You know, the, you right. will. And, and Kerfoot's off to a great start this year. He's off to. Uh, I actually have not looked in the, after the last several games, but last time I checked, like four games ago, he was on a 58 point pace. Right. So, and he scored a couple of points since then. So he's kept up. He's at least in that so, ballpark. Right. Um, so he's he's off to a good good start, the kind of start that you wanted to see. Um, it's really about getting Jost going, I think, yeah. and and producing points. You know, we saw the other day. I thought I thought he had that goal. I thought yeah, he I had did it, too. Man. And well, that he scored been, against Winnipeg, right? And that would have been two games in a row with a goal, and that would have been really big for his confidence. And how much of Jost do you think is confidence? A lot of it. I talked to him about it today. Um, you know how much how much he's in his own head, and he said, you know, that's just kind of how I am, and a lot of guys are like that. But you know, he's you know, not a lot of guys are like that, and also twenty years old and being asked to play a big role on a team, right? right. With playoff aspirations, you know, right? Like there's a lot of pressure on that kid to to come through in a in a tight spot here, and uh, he needs to. Well, and, and he kind of got his. <clears throat> I say pass, and I mean not from a lot of the fan base last year, but yeah, no kidding. But you know, from 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 people that are that are you know people like us, we were saying, hey, look, you know, this is a kid. At the time, we were like, oh, young team, not a playoff team. Let him kind of do his thing, fill it out. Ended up being a playoff team. But you know, the pressure was kind of alleviated from from Joe's last year because it's, hey, you know, this team's going even with you kind of in and out of the lineup, and you know, he had the injuries to start the year, so I think there was kind of. At least for me, a sense of hey, look, you know that that first year for Joe's kind of a wash. Well, kind of a wash. This is it, though. He was really figuring it out. 
you know, the second half of the season, we felt like he was coming on. Yeah. He was starting to produce. He was starting to play pretty well. Uh, his role was still really up and down. His minutes were primarily down. Uh, he still wasn't playing a whole lot. And, you know, it was... It was it was just an uneven year for him. And this year, you know, the big thing you want to see, even if he continues to be inconsistent, because, one, most guys are, but especially young guys. Um, but you wanted to see just a big step forward in everything he was doing. Yeah. We've seen some of that. We've seen some steps forward in his process. But you can only get so excited about process when you're not finishing, right. you know, and... And that's really the big thing with him is once he starts, once once I mean I guess if he starts, well, and you're getting through, you're getting past that process period. Where right. Go ahead. You're you have to start seeing the results, and once that's once it starts rolling in, I mean if he he starts averaging you know a point five points per game, that's the kind of secondary scoring you're looking for. You're looking right. for a forty to fifty point guy there that can that can chip in. Not they're not going to be dumb. I mean if you can get more than that, that's great. Right. You know, if you can get 60-point guys out of Jostin Kerfoot, then hell yeah. Like, you're really in a really, really good spot. But the other thing we've seen when with the secondary scoring conversation, we've seen the defenseman score. Yeah, I believe it's six goals in their last seven games. Correct. Seven goals in their last six games. Six in the last seven. And that was after a really slow start where they didn't get any goals from the defensemen. You know, they were just they were chipping in with assists here and there, and they were keeping up in points. But right. I mean, Barry just got his first goal of the year the other day, and so beautiful. <laughs> six of their six of their seven defensemen now have goals all of a sudden, right? You know, and with with Nemeth as the only one who doesn't yet, right? Right now, and you know that's not a guy you're looking to score goals, so right. you don't you don't give a shit that he doesn't he hasn't produced that. Yeah, yeah, no. So I I mean, <clears throat> with Jost, you know, you talked about the process and and the beginning of the year. You know, I talked a lot about that. Hey, look, you know, Jost's process looks great. Like what you're seeing, yada, yada, yada. But now you're getting to the point where it's like, all right, we saw the process. We know the process is good. We know the process is right. Now you've got to start getting the results. To me, those first 10 games, it's about how the guys are playing. Individuals. Obviously, you can't be, you can't go 0 and 10. But, you know, as far as individual guys, you know, you want to see how they're playing, what they're doing, how they're producing, how are they stepping forward. Then after that, it's like, all right, now, now you've got to start seeing the returns regularly so right. well and like last night um or i guess two nights ago mm-hmm. uh, kamenev was another guy you're talking about process mm-hmm. had been, had his best game everybody was talking about how good he looked he was creating he was good with the puck he was aggressive uh he was attacking the play instead of trying to let it come to him and 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 bedner said today after practice as a guy that we want to get into the 10 minute range consistently and then let special teams time go from there mm-hmm. And if he keeps playing like that, then then that's what we're gonna get. And uh, you have to feel really good about that too, because if he starts to pick his game up to a consistent level, you know you don't necessarily worry about the wingers and oh, is you know Matt Nieto and and Cade Bork and how much are they gonna produce and like that the, will solve eh, itself, right? That stuff eventually over time is gonna work itself out. Right. A guy like Nieto has proven that he's an NHL player, which is why this whole. You know, Matt Nieto needs to go thing is just crazy to me. But, you know, he, you know, a guy like Nieto does have to produce, though. You know, he, he in a limited role, 
and you're not expecting we don't, we crazy don't need production. the 15 goals like you had last year, but you're right. getting that 10. You want to see you want to see in the 10 range, and you want to see 20 points out of him. You know, we're only what 18 games in right now, so there's still a long way to go for a lot of these guys. You know, Matt Calvert, we've started to see starting to chip in some points here after a really really dry start. He had what no points in the first like 11 games or something. Right. So, um, you know, we're starting to see these guys are starting to chip in. And imagine that. You get – you can't base everything off your first ten games. Right, right. You know, we – I mean, you ask you ask any any players and you ask coaches and the, the teams don't really start to truly figure out who they are until December. And so we're starting to get to that point where teams are starting to settle in. They're starting to get comfortable with who they are and what their roles are, their identity, and things like that. That's been one of Colorado's biggest issues this year that we've talked about several times in recent pots mm-hmm. is uncertainty in roles. But if if Colorado gets its second line going, then a third line falls into place and a fourth line falls into place. And all of a sudden, there's not this discussion about, well, where are these guys going? Who right. are these guys? Who's where do we who? Put them? What's what? Right. You can easily just, okay, these are the guys that are going to play in these roles. And then everybody gets comfortable from there. Right. And then you make your run for the playoffs. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, we talked about Nashville last night, guys knowing their roles and stuff like that. And, and by no means am I saying that this Avs team, is, oh, as soon as they find their roles, they'll be Nashville. But <clears throat> you see the kind of success that a team where guys do fall in line and, and, and do know what's what and, and where they're supposed to be makes a difference. Quick break here down at the Doghouse Tavern. When we come back, we're going to give a a quick update on some of the Avs' prospects, some of the Avs' top prospects as their seasons have gotten underway as well. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go and the Little Pub Company. We will be right back. The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory, and then a lot of the most common situations that, that people are taking it are for pain. That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it, from adults and children to even your dog. I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have, have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out Elixinol.com. This episode on the BSN Podcast Network is brought to you by Total Beverage. With more than 70,000 square feet between their Westminster and Thornton locations, there's literally no drink you can't find. I love Total Beverage. I go there probably once a week. That's BSN Sales Director Lindsay Sauer. She's a regular at Total Beverage. I know when I go in there that I am going to get uh, the best bang for my buck, hands down. And if you can't make it in the store, don't worry. Just go to totalbeverage.net and place an order online. I have also taken advantage of their delivery service. They always give me, um, you know, an hour window. I don't have to wait around all night or all day. 
And make sure to like the Total Beverage Facebook page to see weekly specials. Remember, for wine, beer, spirits, go to Total Beverage. Welcome back in. Segment number two here on the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go, Denver's only subscription that gets you to almost any event in Denver. Download the In We Go app today. Use use the uh, promo code BSN50 to get half off your first month. We are also brought to you by the Little Pub Company, where AJ and I are currently sitting at one of their many bars throughout the Denver metro area. We are at the Doghouse Tavern here in Inglewood. And wouldn't you know it, Little Pub Company nails another bar. Awesome place. AJ already just they brought up the food and it's you you just crush it not you i yeah. mean when you get food i mean i did just crush it yeah. i hadn't eaten today so that was <laughs> yeah it's oh it was a good meal all the lpc food's so good man yeah you can't what is um, it 20 is it 21 or 23 bars little pub company um there's a whole bunch of them, a whole man. bunch of, I, and there we, we haven't been to there hasn't been one that we've been to where i'm like yeah I don't know. That one was okay. Yeah. All of these places are places that I would go back recreationally. Absolutely. Frequently. One of which I've already gone back recreationally. Yeah, I've and gone to a couple of them. Um, the one out by my house, uh, Dog and Pony, I've gone to a few times. Oh, yeah. Well, and, and <coughs> Ice like, House. where Get we, those free beers, man. <laughs> yeah, where we did our watch party. I didn't know that was a little pub company bar. I've, I've gone there a bunch, you know, when you're downtown for Rockies games, yeah. stuff like that. And great point. If you come down to any one of the little pub company bars, <coughs> first of all, you'll probably see some of our signage, so you know you'll in, you're in the right place. Some BSN oh, signage. Yeah. Show them that you're a subscriber. You get a free Coors Banquet. Yeah, I'm not a big beer drinker, but I'm also not above free. Yeah, yeah, I'm in no position to turn down anything free. I mean, that's the right price for <laughs> most things. So I'll pay free for just about anything. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> there are a couple things I still won't even pay that for, but like pickles. Two. Can you give me my money back if I don't take your pickles? Gross. Pickles are nasty. They're gross. Um, prospects. Yeah. We are, we are bringing back the prospect report. We are bringing back, well, not bringing back, we are starting a, um, we haven't officially named it yet, but it's going to be an Eagles, Colorado Eagles report. That's all going to be starting uh, within the next week or so. We're, we're ironing out some yeah. stuff with the Eagles. We're, with them being up the road, we're hoping we can get a little bit more access than we normally get for our prospect yeah. stuff, but that's all coming. But we just want to kind of give a quick snapshot. There's a lot of prospects that, w- that will be highlighted over you know those, those reports and stuff. We want to start with a few of the big ones. Martin Kaut, first-round pick from this last year's draft in Dallas, playing mm-hmm. with the Eagles. What have you thought? Th- thart? Thart. <laughs> what have you thought of his first, uh, what are we at, about a month and a half? In about a month, yeah. For the AHL, it's about a month. Yeah, what have you thought? Um, slow start, um, but I, I think, very much a guy adjusting to a faster game on a smaller rink, and that's yeah. that's the big thing when you're talking about guys who are coming over from Europe is the game is played so differently. You know, it's it's played uh, in you know the smaller rink forces tighter spaces. Faster decision making, and then um, because he's playing up a level from you know the Czech Pro League uh, in the in, in the AHL, uh, you're talking about better players, faster game speed, all that. Um, so he's he, it's been an adjustment for him, but I think he's made it really nicely. 
And I think he's showing exactly. Uh, he's he's showing exactly who he who he's gonna be, and um, we've we've seen you know smart play, good passing. Yeah, um, we haven't seen we haven't seen great shooting yet. Um, been been some, um, but we've seen a guy that can that can help all around. He can play on uh, all the special teams units and um, just. Uh, a, a good young player that Solid. is progressing nicely. Um, I know there's there's always going to be the comparison now to Miko, <laughs> who did the same route uh, and you know destroyed the AHL, um, winning uh, the co rookie of the year that year. And uh, that's not going to be who Martin Kaut is. Mm-hmm. Like obviously, like just don't compare the two. What people need to understand about Miko, special player, special yeah. from a special draft. The fact right. you know everyone's going to compare Miko to anyone who else, anyone else who comes into this organization not taken in the top five. Oh well, Miko well, was picked at ten. Well, and Miko and Jost specifically because they were both tenth overall picks. Right. Like Miko couldn't be more different guys. Couldn't <laughs> be more different draft classes. Per- like, yeah, personality wise, couldn't 20, be more different. Twenty fifteen draft is going is going to reshape the NHL. It's already reshaping it's, the NHL. It's going to rival the, the famous 03 draft. Absol- I think in the end of the day, it absolutely will. Yeah, I mean, it's already taking place, you know? Right. And so so when, when you're doing your comparisons to Miko, please keep that in mind, that right. th- this is a player from from an extraordinary draft with with a, se- a skill set and a build that is not... You know, how many guys do you know that are that big you know, can can protect the puck that well, can shoot that well. Right. There were just happened to be nine guys who very well could end up being better than Miko ahead of him. As good as Miko is, maybe not nine. But you know what I mean? There's, there's Well, I mean there were there were oh, nine guys that were picked in front of him and eight of them were justifiable. Right. I, I think yeah, because you and I did that once. We went kind of down the list and we we're like, how did Miko fall to ten? Well let's go through it. And you put yourself in the mindset on draft day, you're like Right, on draft day. The yeah. only one that was iffy was Timo Meyer. Right, which and he's off to a great start. Right, look at the start he's off to, and you're kind of like, well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Turns out. It's it's one of those things where if you redrafted at the end of this season, <clears throat> would Miko go higher? Probably. Uh, he'd he w- probably be top three or four at this point in a redraft. Like, but I'm how t- I'm, Dude, how I'm taking ahead of him, uh, him ahead of, so I'm taking McDavid. And right. I'm probably taking Eichel still. Um. And then maybe Provorov, depending, just because special defensemen are Good. so rare. Good, dude. But Good that's really it. Like, if Provorov weren't a defenseman. So the only guy that, that you're willing to say from that draft, that if you were doing it over today. That I would easily take over, like, without even thinking about it, would be McDavid. So there you go. <laughs> but, again, but, I mean, just listen to some of the just those names that you just said right there. Yeah. Eichel. Provorov. Well, and I mean, like Mitch Marner's a real conversation. Mitch Marner's a stud, right? And you know, and and you know, Noah Hannafin has not lived up to the billing. Pavel Zaka's in the AHL now. He, they find the the Devils finally just said this isn't working. Um, but on draft day, Pavel Zaka was one of those guys. You know, was very highly touted. Zach Wierenski's had a great start to his career. Mm-hmm. You know, and Sebastian Ajo was taken in the second round, has been awesome. Matt Barzal just had an 80-point rookie year. Kyle Connor is going to score probably 80 points this year. 
after a great breakout year last year. I mean, the draft is – and Thomas Shabbat right now is blowing up on the scene. That draft is unbelievable. Brock Besser. I mean, it, that draft is stupid, dude. Like, yeah. it's stupid so, how good it is. So just remember that that Miko was part of a very special class. Right, and this is somehow all about Martin Kout. Right, right, right. When because you're try- when you're trying to compare their paths, it's just it's it's hard to do just because they're different play. And, and Martin Kout's not one of the things that we talked about when he was drafted was this is a guy that you know was perceived as a safe pick. He didn't have crazy high upside, mm-hmm. but he was very likely to reach his ceiling, and that's going to be a top six forward, second line right wing. Which, hey, if you're looking at the abs right now, what's the one thing that they really, 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 really need? <laughs> Can't put my finger on More it. More than anything else. Oh. Like, they need a, a second, s- line, a second right line right wing. Right right and that's right nothing against Colin Wilson, but that's not a long-term solution. No, and, and, and all the credit, I think Colin Wilson's been, relative he's, to Colin he's Wilson. Been, he's been really solid. I, I think he's been great. For, I think for Colin Wilson, I think he's he's admirably filled the role, but the lack of production shows that that's not a job Absolutely. he should have. But his his process, his play, all of that shows hey, that's a, that's still a real NHL player. Yeah, and he's healthy. He's a big time, bit much better player this year than he was last year for the Avalanche. Yeah, hundred percent. And imagine that, like a guy who's not dealing with hip problems, <laughs> who got a full summer of training, and you know, I mean, it makes all the difference in the world for yeah. him. So Martin Cow, I I thought his his start was good, and I, I agree that it looks like he's struggling to adjust. Another thing you have to keep in mind, AJ pointed out, rinks are smaller, games are faster. One of my favorite quotes from European guys coming over, Evgeny Kuznetsov, I, I saw an interview with him once where he talked about the first game that he ever played in, in North America, and he saw a guy dump the puck into the zone, and he went to the bench and asked the coaches, why did he just give up the puck like that? The games are played... That's so funny. The game is played very differently uh, from from a team level. You know, individuals... Yeah, you know, you 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 pass, you shoot, you score, you hit. Got it. But when you're team Got concept, it. it's it's different. Shane Bowers. Slower start than than what we saw last year. Well, not playing next to Brady Kachuk right. and uh, BU's not good. I I'm pretty comfortable saying BU's not very good this year. <laughs> but Is it? he top guy I've watched a couple of BU games, and while the numbers aren't there, dude, he is driving a lot of their offense. Uh, he's getting to the net. He's taking. He's shooting pucks. He's playing in all situations for them. He's doing everything that you want to see uh, except putting up the big offensive numbers. And that's, again, I don't think that's a good team, so I'm not expecting a big breakout there. Is, is, that, the, is that a guy where you, you say, um, we need to get him – into pro hockey as quickly as possible at the end of his this season yeah uh, absolutely it's it's time for him to make that jump and uh, let him go drive that bus for a bad bu team for this season and then once that season's over yeah get him get him into the 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 next rung if you will yeah yeah and i think honestly i he's a guy that he's mature enough and he's smart enough and he's good enough in his own end right away that he could justify a straight jump now, coming at the end of the year, he maybe plays on an ATO with the Eagles to finish out the year, right. depending on what's going on with the Eagles. You know, if they're on a playoff run, maybe that's not the case, or um, maybe it is, and they and you know they try to get an extra punch, you know, in their yeah. bottom six. 
I mean, it's not it's not like Bowers off to a bad start. I mean, he, he's got four points in seven games, and it's like slower. St- just because we saw such great production out of out of him last season, yeah. But he, it's it's more of a it's about him. You know, last right. year it was very much uh, he and, and Brady Kachuk beasts. You know, very very good line together. Nobody talked and about Bowers. It was all right. about Kachuk. Right, right. <laughs> Made sense. <laughs> and now and now this year, you know, it's it's very much Bowers, and you know we'll see. But um, that's not a guy where you don't really care about his offensive numbers because, to be honest with you, I've never really seen like really high end second line center future out of him. Mm-hmm. I've always thought, you know, and especially if if they get a two a real two C out of Kerfoot or Jost, um, you're talking about a three C for Shane Bowers and a really good one. Like or, a guy that can easily give you twenty twenty per year and be your Jordan Stahl. Yeah. Like that's that's the kind of future that he should have in front of him where you know, great face-off guy, um, really, really, really good defensive guy, mm. um, a, a stopper. You know, maybe Mikhail Backlund is maybe even a better yeah. uh, comparison um, because that's the kind of future that he's looking at having. Um, but it's not – with Bowers, it's not the – the big offensive explosion is not going to be there. You, that's Don't expect that from him. And you won't be disappointed when it doesn't happen because that's not who he is. Right. And if it does happen – well, if it, it, I mean, if it does happen, then Ottawa ends up looking really bad. <laughs> right. No, I was just like really, really bad because they were comfortable with Colin White. The Avs liked Colin White, but they like Shane Bowers and they, you know, they were excited about Bowers and they were excited that he was young and that, you know, he was a couple of years down the road so they could kind of stagger some of it and not have it all be, hey, let's have 19 ELCs at once. Right. Um, so they liked Bowers a lot. Um and in, in comparison to a guy like Colin White, but um, with the, how the team is shaping up right now, they they don't really need um, maybe necessarily you know assuming again that one of the guys that they have on the team right now actually ends or, up fulfilling that two C job, or they they get a two C out of the draft this year or something. Right, right. Assuming you find your two C somewhere else. Right, <laughs> Shane Bowers can be your your three C, you know, and and it's it'll and, be really interesting because. Out. Because you could be looking at um, centers like, I mean, it's it's going to be a bloodbath. Right. Because you've got McKinnon, and then you're going to have a, a Jost Kerfoot, and then you're going to have Comfer, and you're going to have Bowers, and you're going to have Kamenev. And it's which of these guys are going to end up. You're going to be Pittsburgh East. <laughs> well, and which, which of these guys are going to end Well, Somebody's going to have to move to the wall. You know, somebody's going to have to make that transition. Um, Isn't that every name you just listed there? <laughs> Well, and that's none under, of that under like, twenty four. Well, and like Soderberg's still got two more years, uh, right? This year and one more, right? Yeah. So Soderberg's going to be involved, right? Right. In that in that discussion, um, and which will make for an interesting summer because I think this summer they should strongly consider looking to move him, mm-hmm. just because they have those guys coming in. Like if Kamenev takes a step forward, then you should strongly consider. Okay, you know Soderberg. Maybe it's time. Right. Let's take a quick break. Uh, we have one more prospect we want to talk about. I'm sure you can all guess who it is. We're going to kind of lump him into our next segment as it's relevant. This is a BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go and the Little Pub Company. We will be right back.
There's nothing more important than family, and for more than 100 years now, customers have turned to Farmers New World Life Insurance Company and agents like Bryce Babcock to help protect the financial security of their loved ones. What makes us different, first off, is we're, we're completely customer service oriented, meaning that our goal is every day to be available. The other piece, too, is that I'm young, I'm 31 years old, and so I'm, I'm hungry, and I'm very motivated every single day to continue to make this agency grow, and, and that's just something that, you know, I, I think that I bring them a lot of other agents do. My initial thought was it's expensive and I just don't have money to invest in my long-term future. Everything I have, I need right now. But once I started looking at the options, it's an absolute no-brainer. You can find a life insurance plan that works for you and you should. It's not just about death either. There's whole life insurance policies that actually have cash value that build over time and so on. So Bryce will break all of that down for you for free. The call is a no-brainer. You have to do it. Brandon's 100% right. Plus, Bryce is even giving out a deal specifically for BSN listeners. I'm going to go ahead and send out a $10 Starbucks gift card right, right off the bat. And so you don't have to do business with us. You don't have to. There's no payment needed or anything like that. It's something that we're going to do for anyone that comes in from BSN. Gives us an opportunity to earn their business. Call 303-996-6509 today. That's 303-996-6509. Hey, BSN fans, your favorite Colorado Sports Network has partnered with your favorite Colorado beer, and we're giving them away for free. But in true BSN fashion, we're not letting you go to some major chain for it. We want you to go to your local neighborhood bar and support a real Colorado business. That's why we've created the bar page, where any BSN subscriber can go in and get a free beer whenever they want. Just go to bsnbars.com and you can get one free Coors Banquet at any bar on that list. All you have to do is show the bartender the VIP image on that page in your browser and you can retrieve a free Coors Banquet beer at any of those bars. There are over 20 bars there. You're sure to find one close to you. It's bsnbars.com. Find a bar and get a free Coors Banquet on the house. Thanks for listening to the BSN Denver Podcast Network. Third and final segment here on the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by In We Go and a Little Pump Company. I am your host, Jesse. AJ Hayfley first looked at me. I'm going to interrupt. You know what? <clears throat> little Pump Company and In We Go. Download the In We Go app today. Use the promo code BSN50 half off your first month. What was that? AJ Hayfley looks me square in the eye and says... Where did I leave my water? I then it's don't move a muscle of my body. Just look down at it, and he goes, oh, there it is. It's right in front of me. And then he picks it up I and spills it all over himself right. mid-drink. Well, like, you know how sometimes the ice builds up? Yeah. And then <laughs> oh, it, did it all come And then it all came down. <laughs> and so it was just like, like I was drinking, and I was like, yes, this is satisfactory. This is exactly what water should be. And then the ice, like, blitzed my face. Satisfactory. And I was not, and now it's all over me, so... It's a good thing I'm only wearing gray, so it's extremely obvious. Yeah, it, uh, it's not like it stands out like absolute fucking crazy here. Man. Whoops. Oopsie. That's fine. I'm incompetent. <laughs> I was on. Uh, I was surfing the <laughs> interweb this morning, and oh, I saw. Always dangerous, man. I saw Brent Burns was leading the San Jose Sharks in points. There was, you know, an article talking. Oh, Brent mm. Burns off to a great start. I said, that's funny. Huh. I would have thought it'd be Carlson. So I decided to do a little bit of digging. Zero goals 
Seven assists, minus 10 in 18 games for EK65, and the Sharks have been off to a yeah. an okay start. A n- n- Give me Ian start. Cole, dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and and it's funny because so I, have, I have a good buddy who's a um, Sharks fan, and I, I told him at, when the trade happened, I said, it's that's an interesting one. Because you have Brenton Burns, an odd fit. It, I, I said, I, I think I told him, I, so I think there's one team in the NHL who, two teams in the NHL who didn't need Eric Carlson. Right. Nashville Predators and the San <laughs> yeah. Jose Sharks. Yeah, are the two teams that would not have benefited from adding Eric Carlson as much not, as right. as right. as people would think. And I mean, Eric Carlson is your second right D, like. Theoretically, like on paper, you're like, oh, dude, he's going to smoke. Right. Because now he's going to be playing lesser competition. He's been playing everybody's best players for his whole career and just destroying. Right. Now he's going to be playing lesser competition or Burns is going to be playing lesser competition. One of those is going to happen. And look out, mm-hmm. you know. And But at the same time, one of the reasons why Burns, guys like Burns and Carlson are so good is because they get tons of ice time. They're clear top dog. Touching the puck all the time and right. plays They're both running puck through dominant them. guys. And then you look at the Sharks roster and it's like they have a lot of puck dominant guys right. who need to play with the puck a lot to be successful. And so it's not a huge surprise. It, it, uh, their start right now reminds me of the uh, Solani Korea Avs where. Someone go find it. I said in a podcast right that said this reminds me too much of the. Solani Korea. Yeah, apps. where it wasn't a case of the rich getting richer. It was, you know, the rich not knowing what to do with themselves. With their money. Yeah. It, it was one of those like, well, I'm going to go buy six Ferraris because I can. <laughs> right. I Yeah. And, and then, you know, four of them end up getting repoed. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason this is relevant conversation, I, first of all, I found it very interesting. Yeah. And just a tough adjustment to start. We'll see how it goes. But yeah, and, and again, like we just said in the you know in the previous segments, <laughs> you're only a handful of games in. Let's not get completely carried away. But yeah. it is interesting. Well, I think and and I, it was funny you brought up the plus minus because I talked to Colorado's plus minus leader today, and uh, he dismissed it entirely. He was like, "It's a it's a stupid statistic." Mm-hmm. It. I mean, it completely is. And it was really funny because. Um, like you would think, like, and well, because Barry was like, "Oh, I've been on the other end of that too," and he looked at me and he was like, "I guess the, the good plus minus means I'm good at defense now, huh?" And I was <laughs> like, "I was like, well, you've been a lot better defensively," and he was like, "Yeah, but that's not why that number is what it is." And I was right. like, "Okay." Well, and, and, well the reason I <laughs> I found it particularly interesting for Eric Carlson because I I I mean. People who listen to this know every time AD mentions plus minus, you and I both start yelling at him. Well, and like <laughs> there are times, there are times where I think it's appropriate, and you know, it's just he puts more stock into it than I do. And but so I always melt down when he tries to <laughs> like make an argument using it. I think it's relevant in certain <laughs> situations, and I think this is one of them because to the the, the kind of joke that that it sounds like you and and Tice were making. The reason that plus num- plus minus number is like that is because you're out there when you score a lot of when your team's scoring a lot of goals. Yeah. In theory, shouldn't that be the same for Eric Carlson? Yeah. I'm so, pro- so, even more so. So honestly. to me, that was why minus ten jumped out at me the way it did, because I'm like, man, that means 
he's not well, and, being and a part of anything that's producing. What you want to look at, the team's goal differential as well. Is the team minus 35? Because if it's minus 35 or something like that, then... I'm almost sure they're a positive goal differential team. Well, then that's, I mean, to be a, a positive, to be a, a deep negative on a positive goal differential team is really interesting stuff. So, so why is this relevant to the Avs and why did I cut last segment short? Yeah. Well, a lot of the conversations since uh, the two years ago, draft when the Avs took Kale McCarr fourth overall. Trey Tyson Berry. Trey Tyson Berry. Trey and, Tyson and, Berry. And people have been saying, oh, it's redundant. Oh, and you can't have two of the same guys. <clears throat> is this kind of proving that point? Or is Tyson Berry a different player than a Brent Burns and, a, and an Eric Carlson? And, and could him and Kale McCarr coexist? Well, and it, it, that, is that the question as much anymore as it is could could Tyson Berry, Sam Gerrard, and Kale McCarr all coexist? See, I to me, Sam Gerrard's not even part of that equation for me. He plays on the other side. Well, I'm not worried about right-left. I'm worried about Power that's play. half your defense. Half your, half your defense now, tiny dudes. You know and why? While we're seeing while we're seeing Gerard be fine, you know, and I I say tiny dudes. They're but a like, plus one goal differential. The Sharks. Makar, Makar is not really small. He's very broad-shouldered. He plays a physical game. He likes to lay out dudes. He has big hits. I remember what was it. His draft night, one of the one of the great tweets that night was the the biggest loser from draft night was the poor kid from the AJHL that kept getting looped over <laughs> yeah. and Kale McCarr just destroying with the puck on his right. stick. Yeah, right. <laughs> and like we see some of that at UMass. Like he still plays a physical game, and he's not you know just he's not six one six two. You know he's right. He's just a hair under six foot. But he's got big, broad shoulders, and he plays that. He plays more of a, a, a mean game, you know. And he's about Ian Cole size. Well, Ian Cole has a huge butt, so we're not going that butt far. exempt. <laughs> um, but it's it's no pun intended. Um, it's it's more you know you've got those three guys that you know you'd have to break them up, obviously. And then, you know, who's who's playing and who's not. I mean, at I that point, like, you I, have, like... I feel like you could get McCarr and Gerard well, I feel on like, a pair, and that would be okay. I feel like at this point, you'd have Gerard and Johnson, and then you'd have Cole and Barry, and then you'd have Zadorov and McCarr. I think you could get away with that. I do, too. And I I mean... At my, least for a couple my, years. My curiosity, <laughs> like, just, just do it. Just do right, it. Right, right. Like, just run it out there. Like, I'm sorry, Patrick Nemeth, but... No, sir. And, of course, if they sit Z for Patrick Nemeth, then everybody's going to get really upset. And I would say justifiably so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's – it's can you, can, you, can you get the best out of all three of those guys when they're all on a team together? And I think that's the thing. And I think for the first couple of years, you could get away with it while McCarr's still figuring it out. And I think you could get away with it for a year. Because at that point, you're expecting Makar is going to start taking steps forward. Gerard's, oh, Gerard's already cutting into I, Barry's PP one time. I would imagine that by next year, Gerard's kind of, if this same progression keeps, mm-hmm. I think Gerard's your your consensus number one defenseman. I would I would say that he's by on, October he's on that he's on that path. I mean, we we've already said he could have been you know by December of this year, and I would say. To, to be honest with you, I think Ian Cole's been their best defenseman to this point, but consistently, yeah. Yeah, and I would say Gerard's number two, and 
you know, I think Gerard's going to take that top job by the end of the year. He'll be their number one guy. Um, and but with the you know, and then you've got Tyson, and then you want to work in McCarr, but you kind of use the Gerard path as what kind of a kind of a guiding light yeah. for Kale McCarr because you want Kale McCarr to be a top guy. You don't want to just be like, well, he's going to replace Tyson Berry, he's our second lane right, right defenseman, and right, you know, like use you the ideally pick on him. That's exactly, dude. You want that guy to be a number one. That's got to be a. That's you want be a top you want guy. your top pairing to be Sam Gerrard and Kale McCarr. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a little smaller than Zach Wierenski and Seth Jones. I, Maybe it's a lot smaller than Zach Wierenski <laughs> and Seth Jones. But, but I think defensively, but I think defensively, both of those guys are going to be better than Warensky in in their own zone, and um, I think Gerard's got a chance to be as good as Seth Jones, and I think McCard. I mean, dude, I think the sky's the limit for Kale McCarr. He's incredible. I do too. And that's what we've seen with him at UMass. I mean, the guy is right now. The guy is is carrying uh, <laughs> UMass into the into the top five. Uh, yeah. So. Go well, ahead. I think that's lofty for them when they start playing consistently better competition and they get all, you know, they go through their schedule. I think they're going to start finding some L's here and there. But I, I think that's a legit, they've turned themselves into. They're knocking off maybe not really, really good teams. But I mean, Ohio State and Providence, no joke. They're knocking off legitimate, legitimate organizations or, or schools, whatever you want to call them. Yeah, <laughs> plan for the ice that time, sucker. <laughs> you know, they're. they're <laughs> They're knocking off legitimate D1 teams, and and make no mistake, it's on the back of Kale McCarr. Yeah, well, and, and like, Mario Ferraro was really good, too. Mm-hmm. Like, that guy was a second-round pick. He's a really good prospect. Uh, but it's not even close. Right. Like, Kale McCarr is going to push for Hobie Baker contention. At this point, yeah. Like, he has destroyed college hockey this year. Everyone and that's the step forward we wanted to see. Mm-hmm. Last year, people... Oh, it's a little uneven, you know, and of course with Elias Pettersson being not from Earth, apparently, and having the start that he's had. Um, P.S. are bad. I'm picking Calder winners this year. His name didn't even get brought up. I meant I, I did say it was going to be a great class. Yeah, but, but you also have to remember, I just were people not it. talking about Clayton Keller that exact same way this time last year? I don't know. I don't they remember. Were. But, they I mean, he, didn't he finish in the top three? He got into the voting. He was really good. He, I mean, he was good, but... <coughs> I do expect Elias Pettersson to come back down his sh- just you, a little bit. His shooting percentage is ridiculous. I imagine I, it I is. I don't remember what it is off the top. But, you know, I, I see people that, oh, man, the, I don't know why the Avs took Kale McCarr. Kale McCarr's not even right. here yet. Right. Elias Pettersson's off to a great start. Don't well, get and, me and, wrong. Well, and this was the other thing, though, is that had the picks been reversed, Vancouver would have taken Kale McCarr 10 times out of 10. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been a conversation. I mean, it wouldn't have even they, well, there would have been no consideration for Elias Pettersson. It would have been Kale McCarr, one hundred percent. And it's and it's one of those things too, where Elias Pettersson's small. He's like R and H small, right? In that he's we'll see how he handles the rigors. And so and so you know, great he, pick, great player. We'll pe- see. People get too but that caught takes up. nothing away from Kale McCarr and how special he could be. The fact that the the fact that Kale McCarr went from the AJHL to the NCAA. Uh, and then presumably to the NHL. I mean, that's a slower path because the the competition. You know, he had to ramp it up. You know, Elias Pettersson was coming from pro leagues in Sweden. We see guys make the jump from pro leagues in Sweden all the time. <laughs> like he's shooting at twenty nine and a half percent. Okay, so he's shooting like Landy is right now. 
He has 34 shots <laughs> and 10 goals. Yeah. So something tells me so that's unless, not sustainable. <laughs> unless unless you're a Vegas writer insisting that William Carlson was for real last year, right? With his 40 goals, um, chances are that'll come down. Even if it comes down to like 17, that's a huge drop, right? That's Which like three and, goals and 17 is huge, by the way. That's a, right. That's a great shooting. That's percentage. that's an that's an elite. Like uh, the best goal scorers of all time don't shoot that high, right? Right. <laughs> um, Except Mike Bossy. But whatever details, um, yeah. So it's it's one of those things where to me what I what I what I really like about it and, and to your point, just try it for one year. You could you would even have the danger is of course that's Barry's walk year, right? Right, and but there's got to be a temptation, right? I mean, maybe even this is the, the year w- that they try, especially the way that you laid it out just now with those pairings and and do you maybe is there even a way to make it work where as kale mccarr progresses god it'd be a fun team to watch you know the the next year maybe he jumps up and plays with cole and barry drops down and plays with the door off and <laughs> and then you know johnson moves down and, and you know right there's a way that makes it work gerard playing on the opposite side makes life a little bit easier and and I think you and I had brought it up. Your before. expansion draft problem is very real it's too. It's huge at that point. But <clears throat> um, <laughs> we'll breeze over that for right now. Yeah, that's the other big thing with trading Barry is that it solves that problem. Mm-hmm. Assuming you don't trade him for a defenseman, right? Which um, I don't know why you would. Or if you trade him for a defenseman, that's exempt from it. You know, like a young guy. Right, but you know, it gives you that possibility. Because I think part of the other thing that that is causing Carlson to not be off to the kind of start that a lot of people thought is, you know, there's only one puck on the power play. Mm-hmm. A lot of teams run one defenseman for, for their, you know, to quarterback those well, plays. Everybody does analytic works now, and it's been shown over and over and over and over that four forwards, one defenseman produces more than two defensemen on the power play. But my thing is, if you've got Sam Girard and Kale McCarr... <laughs> YOLO. Is there a reason you can't run... T- two defensemen out there that's essentially five forwards oh and by the way two of those guys are solid defensively we'll see but i'm just saying it's we'll, it's, see, what, we'll see what happens when kill mccarr gets to the league right. but right now mccarr's off to the kind of start that one we all wanted to see and you know we were all looking for hey he needs to take a big step forward in, in college this year he needs to work on his own end well how much work is he getting done in his own end when he's scoring all the damn time <laughs> right but no, I've been I've been going out of my way to watch UMass games, and he has been on a different planet. Like, and that's a that's a good little. T- I really like that John Leonard kid. Oh, Sharks did well to pick him up, but of course they did. <laughs> but uh, I mean, it's it's McCarr, man. Like mm. that's the the engine of that team is Kill McCarr, and as as much as you and I questioned his decision to go back, right now. Aces. Well, like, this is exactly what needed to happen mm-hmm. in order to justify the second season. Well, and, and you know, when I I started changing my tune a little bit this summer when I got to talk to him after development camp, because holy smokes, what a mature kid. Smart kid. Uh, very well spoken. And, yeah. and you know, when, when we this asked him. It's going to be a really good interview. Oh, he was great. The, the, one, the one interview I've done with him, I mean, yeah. he was fantastic. And, and, it was really the first time Colorado Media had, had gotten a hold of him since since he made his decision not t- mm-hmm. to to come play for the Avs. So, you know, there was a handful of us over there grilling this 19 year old kid. Hey, <laughs> why why is this the only time I'm going to see you until next right. year? Right. And and he 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 said I'm 
I realized I'm not ready. Right. I needed it. I I didn't have the year that I wanted. Well, and his opinion was the only one that ever mattered. And and so my opinion, my my tune starting to change, started to change a little bit on it after I talked to him, and to the point you just made, seeing it off to this start, you, can, it was the right call. It was, and and I'm totally happy to. Yeah, it is to, what it is. To eat I my mean, words and say that I was wrong, but I mean, it is what it is. He needs to continue this. Right. It can't just be a good. A month good start, yeah. He needs to continue throughout the college season. He needs to stay healthy. He needs to do, you know, he needs to continue to take, take steps forward. Um, but once, I mean, once he does that, man, and, and the Avs get their hands on him at the end of the year, I'd burn the year of VLC and just say, join us for the playoff run if they're still in that position, of course. Because what an X factor he could be for them down the stretch. And and this is nothing against Patrick Nemeth, but. <laughs> If that defense is healthy, you you drop in Kale McCarr over a Patrick Nemeth, and all of a sudden that top six is nasty. Yeah, like yeah. it's nasty. You're causing a lot of headaches for whoever you're playing. Well, there's no easy shift all of a sudden. Right. You know, there's no there's no pairing with a weakness because you've got physicality on all of those. You've got good defense, and you've got puck movers galore. Yeah, but the way that especially when. Z and EJ decide that they're engaged and are moving their feet. You've got five guys who can fly up and down the ice whenever they want to. And all of a sudden you're looking at Ian Cole as your worst puck mover. And and Ian Cole has shown this year like he's a fine puck mover. He's he can do that without any problem. It's just he's not a offensive defenseman. But he's I mean that guy's still on his way to a 20 point season right now. <laughs> No, it's it's exciting, man. I was I was telling my my sweet mother the other day, we were talking about you know the abs. I said, you know, mom, the abs have very very quietly built a potentially scary decor, and not a lot of people are talking about it. I think it's going to sneak up on a lot of teams pretty quick. So there's a lot of good players on that back end. Let's go ahead and get out of here as you're having to mend your wounds over here, having to relearn how to drink water. Look, I, I, I planned for the ice the second time around, all right? If the Titanic got another shot at it, they would probably do it differently, too. Okay? Titanic 2 launches next year. Did you see that? No. They, they built an, an exact replica of the oh, Titanic. Oh, the real thing. Yeah, yes, yeah. that and, I knew. And, and they're, they're sailing the exact You've been talking route. to me about trailers all morning, so I thought that, no. No, but, no, but no, they, that I Pikachu know. movie looks good, man. Oh, my God. It looks I know. good. I know that they've been building uh, the Titanic yeah. for a long time. They've had bankruptcy problems. Yeah, 2019, they said it's officially. Dude, I'm going. <laughs> Hell no, man. <laughs> I'm doing it. We all saw the movie. I'll, I'll mess with those ghosts. <laughs> That's fine. So I've been on one cruise in my life. I'll be the guy that says shut out, too. It's no big deal. I've been on one cruise in my life. It was awesome. We were doing like the, for anybody who's ever been on a cruise, you have to do like a safety thing where you go to a, you know, one of the balconies and you find your lifeboat and all that stuff. And I just out of curiosity, I was like, oh, I wonder when the Titanic set sail. My ship was leaving on the anniversary of the Titanic setting sail. Oh, nice. So that's sick. But I'm, I made actually, it. I'm actually considering going on my first cruise Dude, it's at, awesome. the, at the end of this season. Couldn't recommend it enough. Sick. So I want, well, I want to go on an Alaskan cruise. Oh, that's because I know a couple people that have done that. Fuck the Caribbean. They like, said that I've heard that Alaska cruises are hard because you're like, oh, man, I'm tired. <coughs> so at least sun's starting to set. It's like twelve thirty a.m. Yeah, get, uh, just get an interior room. 
No windows. <laughs> yeah, Sleep all day. That sounds awful. For AJ Hayfley, I have been Jesse Montano. This is the BSN Avalanche Podcast. We are down here at the Doghouse Tavern, one of our great little pub company bars. Thank you guys all so much for listening. Post-game podcast will be the next time you hear from us after <coughs> tomorrow's game. Posting this tomorrow. <laughs> Thank you guys all so much for listening.